When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at LakersBall.com, the awesome folks at Lakerholics.com, the even more awesome folks at the Hoopheads Podcast Network, where you have a ton of great NBA shows you can listen to after ours at HoopheadsPod.com. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, a few months ago, during the time that the, the team spent in Las Vegas for the Summer League, I was noting at that point in time that really there was no one at that time I thought that could develop into a consistent player for the team. The, the individuals that they got, that they were picked up, uh, that just really didn't seem to mesh out very well. Individuals there that were like Joel Ayayi, and there's some other individuals there that just really didn't think that was, I thought was going to make a big impression in the league, at least early on per se. But the Lakers... They caught an eye with someone there, even though he struggled at the Summer League. His name was Austin Reeves. And Austin Reeves, again, did not impress to the first glance of everybody there that was watching, but he impressed the right individual. And he impressed Rob, the almighty GM of the Lakers, Rob Palenka. People were even questioning it when he got his two-way contract bumped up to a full season contract just before the start of training camp. People were questioning it. Are you sure you're taking up a space or maybe so you could bring in a veteran or whatnot? Why are you keeping this kid full time? He should be a two-way player and needs to go ahead and get more seasoning at the G League level. I said a lot of this too. I just didn't think the kid would be athletic enough, at least early on, to go ahead defensively and stay with individuals. And I was worried about his shot as well being that he was not a consistent three-point shooter in college. He was a scorer. He was a very good scorer at Oklahoma, but really not a whole lot else that I thought brought to the table. Well, lo and behold, a few months later, we have a good story to tell people out there. That's, I know the departure of Alex Caruso to Chicago 
Lakers fans everywhere were clamoring for another individual that they could go ahead and just reap praise upon. And whether it's out of necessity or whether it's out of sheer will, Frank Vogel has also had the eye for Austin Reeves being part of the rotation at various given points of the season when he's not been hurt with a hamstring. And people, you know, you're, you're sending out this rookie against some of the top players in the league playing defense on they've because their defensive woes for most of the season, they've had no choice, but to put him out there because he's the only guard out there that really was subsized that could do anything defensively against some of the top backcourt individuals in the league. But you're still saying to yourself, this guy's a rookie. What can he do? What can he do? Well, coming into today's game, a vital game for the Lakers that they want to go ahead and move up in the standings. Coming off some good momentum with LeBron's great performance earlier in the week and the fact that he was named for the NBA record 65th time, the NBA Western Conference Player of the Week. Everything was rolling good as a team went into Dallas. There was some hiccups because THT... Dwight Howard and Malik Monk, unfortunately, were put into health and safety protocols. So that's something we actually have to still monitor at this point in time. So we're concerned for the rest of the team as they head into Minnesota. But those openings that were created by those three individuals, who's going to fill that gap? Well, with the Lakers and their big three today against a Lucas Dallas Mavericks, did find that opening for someone And they found it for Austin Reeves once again as he came through in spades with a five for six three-point shooting performance. Okay defense. He Again, he was on a lot of different individuals out there, especially Jalen Brunson. I know he spent a lot of time trying to guard him. Other individuals as well, Tim Hardaway, he was put on at various points of times. But still, the kid got it out. And when they needed him the most, he came through for the Lakers with a clutch Three-point shot with just few seconds left in overtime as the Lakers with a miraculous 107-104 victory. I also want to note the fact that Russell Westbrook, to tie the game, had another miraculous three-point shot. And Wayne Ellington also, to get the game even in overtime, hit a clutch three-point shot. Some issues down the stretch with execution. But we'll talk about that in a sec. Again, it wasn't the prettiest game in the world. A lot of issues, a lot of concerns if you're Frank Vogel heading into Minnesota. But still, we'll take the victory nonetheless. And here today to talk about today's game is the man behind the moniker Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Be part of the conversation today at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrell. And Joe, great to have you here. A thrilling victory for the team. Not exactly the most picture-perfect performance. But you know what? We'll take a win whenever we can get it. Another play that wasn't discussed as much after the game that was crucial was Wayne Ellington's getting back on defense and knocking the ball out of bounds on a two-to-one fast break. Yes. That, to me, was, and I remember when that play happened, this was obviously after the the three-pointer that he made. I was saying that, well, no, actually it was before, but those two plays more than likely won us the game. And they were both attentive hustle plays by the 
I, again, I don't like using the word role player, but that's what, what most of these guys are that aren't the, the big three. So in the grand scheme of things, it's these kind of plays, these kind of players that glue the championship title team. Austin Reeves, which, by the way, I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed that I didn't catch this earlier. I'm actually quite embarrassed because I'm usually good at catching this. But they've been been—they've called him uh, Hillbilly Kobe, which, you know, and HBK. HBK is a cool a- uh, acronym for that. Although Hillbilly Kobe, this sounds really. Uh, well, that's yeah. what the moniker was, I guess, going at, you know, in the days at Oklahoma. And that was yeah. training camp. HBK, I think a lot of people know from the WWE as far as yeah. Shawn Michaels and the Heartbreak Kids. So. I'm not and sure that's that fine. That, either. that works in terms of the acronym, but the actual meaning just doesn't do it for me. But then one of the Laker ball uh, posters had commented about his name, which was what I'm going to call him from now on, which is AR 15. AR 15 was brought up by LeBron today. Um, I'm sure he got it from somewhere else. You know, again, um, that is about as perfect a name for him as possible. And it was just coincidental that he had the game winning shot as we now are going to, at least for me, call him an AR 15 AR 15. Just, this is too smooth, too smooth for a guy like that, especially with how well he shot tonight. <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah. you got to be impressed with the team as far as how they came back. I'm still disappointed in as far as the way they executed down the stretch. I mean, there were several frustrating times and not because of LeBron isolating because when LeBron was isolated, he did go ahead. And when he had the chance to make the, the correct pass, the correct basketball play, he did the Lakers. Just unfortunately, every time he made the pass, the team just could not hit the shot left and right. Whether it was Anthony Davis, Wayne Ellington twice beforehand, just really missing shots beforehand, which was quite disappointing. And it just seemed like the Lakers had lost the game entirely on those, those uh, lapses. We'll talk about the rest of the game here in a sec, because there was some ups and downs that, that I know I want to talk to you about, but coming down the stretch, the lack of execution was really disappointing, but it took a lucky break on a LeBron last ditch effort uh, for a three missed it. Wayne Ellington got the rebound pump baked, and then hit the three-pointer from the corner. That saved the Lakers. And I'll tell you what, I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But you know what? I'm glad that Wayne Ellington got a chance to redeem himself and got a chance to get it done. They were hitting lucky shots nonstop. Towards the end, I, I was it was kind of getting ridiculous. They were shooting bank shots. They were shooting from 28 feet. But, yeah, before then, you know, again, being a Laker fan, we're, we're, we're spoiled. We're a little frustrated with how the season has started. Uh, Luka Doncic wasn't playing, so now you're you're thinking going into this game with all three of the guys playing, you should be able to blow this team out. Well, and it looked like that in the first quarter as they built a ten point lead. Yeah, I'm I'm noticing something, and this is something I've I've noticed in other sports. I think it's very hard for people, especially someone at my age to think to not think about what used to be naturally like you sit there and you're looking at a 10 point lead and a and a rather you know kind of easy first quarter right and that's how you kind of sort of judge a team too is if they play 
okay and they they got a double digit lead going out of the out of, you know getting out of the first quarter you're thinking okay yeah this this game looks like it's going to be you know one of those games where they, they they win by double digits but i think what i realized tonight is i need to stop thinking that way 15 point leads 20 point leads these are not 1999 leads anymore this is 2021 these leads don't mean diddly poo anymore. Teams come back. They'll score 10 points in three minutes. We are, we have to start understanding that this is what the NBA is now. It is a high octane, high shooting, three point, get back in the game as soon as possible league. And this retaining and sustaining leads and expecting i guess expecting easy wins against non-star teams i I don't know it doesn't look like and it's not really you know we're kind of short-sighted a little bit i'm looking at around the league i mean even milwaukee hasn't really looked as dominant this first month and a half and you know phoenix has looked good golden state has looked good but steph curry even though i i would pick him as the mvp he hasn't been shooting as well from inside the three point line. So again, it's, 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 there's a lot of oddities going on. And I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that we're we're still getting the residuals from COVID. There's still a lot of uncomfortableness there where people aren't really focused on the game. hundred percent. There's, there's so, so many protocols and dealing with leaving masks on and all that. I don't know where, where the NBA is going to be until the pandemic is done until it's officially done and we can get back to focusing on the game instead of worrying about getting sick. Right. And I think that's, you know, being realistic about it. I think that's playing a big part that, and the fact that there's a, there's an even bigger transition going on in the NBA where it's just not likely that you're going to have what we used to look at as a dominant, like a dominant team, even when they're winning games, it's, it doesn't look like the team. There's no real, like, Oh, this is the one or two teams, and they're 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 done. Like no one's going to catch these guys. I think, I think that transition is starting to happen because it doesn't make any sense. How can you have three Hall of Famers that are relatively still in their prime? And I say that more for LeBron because I still think Russell's in his prime, and obviously AD's in his prime. How are they always having issues with you know lackluster teams and? and at some point, you got to kind of look at something else besides, oh, well, they stink playing together. No, <laughs> they don't stink. Russell Westbrook's having a great month. AD is apparently they're ready to t- take him to the gallows, and he's on, on one leg getting 20 points and 12 rebounds. LeBron, <laughs> you know, LeBron's doing LeBron things, shooting from the logo, and and, and it's like we're not – we're still upset. We're still not happy. And I'm like, this is weird. Something else is going on. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where 
here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step, bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed, and then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted, and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Well, let me ask you this. Wouldn't you, okay, you're seeing this, I think, maybe from that perspective, and I understand that, but also the perspective is that LeBron is doing what he's doing, AD is doing what he's doing, Russell Westbrook is doing what he's doing, and the Lakers, if it weren't for a Wayne Ellington last minute or last second three, the Lakers don't win that game in a game that you know is vital against the, the team right below you in the standings that doesn't even have their best player. That's something that we have to go ahead and put in perspective here. The Lakers, tonight, on a game, game like tonight, they should have dominated. They should have at least won by 10 or 12. I think that that's the, probably the disappointing part is the fact that the second quarter, they just didn't get anything going, scoring only 10 points in the quarter. It was really not very good. And the fact that they couldn't handle – I mean, their defensive alignment was, was pretty good outside of handling the pick and roll. The pick and roll just absolutely killed them with Jalen Brunson time in and time out, which allowed him to to just feast on the Lakers all pretty much the entire game until the fourth quarter. I just think at this point in time, it's like a good and a bad situation. Yes, thankful you have your your big three there to go ahead and, and get you through the game. But the problem is that big three is not enough to get you through a game like this. The fact is you have to have a supporting cast to go ahead and get you through. That to me is kind of disappointing because those three big threes should take it upon themselves to win by themselves games like these when the other team does not even have their best player. I think it's we're, we're going to know once they start playing top-notch teams consistently. There might be a little bit of uh, playing down to the opponent type mentality this first couple month and a half because that's pretty much who they played. They've played. I, I can't even remember the last time they played like a Phoenix or like a top five team. It's been a while. And until that happens on a consistent basis to where they're alert, they're going to have to be alert, which it's going to probably start right this coming week. We'll know then, I guess. And if they end up going over five, you know, against Brooklyn and Minnesota and all these teams, then and I don't even know if you consider Minnesota a top-notch team, anyways. Well, they play Phoenix next week, so that's obviously okay, so uh, something if, that they're if, looking if, at. Surprising. Yeah, if they get blown out by Phoenix again and get blown out by Mo, by Brooklyn, then you're looking at something where I don't know. I don't know what Palinka is going to be thinking at that moment. Is it is it too early still? Is it are they going to wait till January? Probably because you know the trading deadline isn't until. Well, THT doesn't become trade eligible until January fifteenth. Most of the Lakers became trade eligible today, but THT, which I guess with his salary and the fact that he's still a young player, he's still someone that could develop into a pretty good player. The fact is that he does not become eligible because he signed his deal later. And because of the certain parameters, his deal does not become as far as trade eligible until the 15th of January. So 
The Lakers really can't do much in the trade market until he becomes available on the 15th, unless you're going to go ahead and start sending out waves out there that you're willing to trade Russell Westbrook, which I would say that they would want to do. The problem is you're not going to have a commensurate deal or try and get enough takers out there to go ahead and want to get Russell Westbrook, especially with another 40 million plus year on the books. I don't think Russell Russell Westbrook's going to be traded. The, the salary is too big, and uh, the only the only deal they could probably do is if Houston wanted it. But they've already done that, so that's again to match salaries with John Wall. I don't see Russell Westbrook going anywhere. And as far as THT being a piece, I don't even know how that would work either. He's only making what five six million a year. He's making nine. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is he making nine? He's making nine. Kendrick Nunn is making five. Those are your two okay. uh, other contracts that are above the $2 million minimum that most okay. of the rest of the Lakers have. Got it. I, I don't know why I thought it was five or six. I guess, I'm, again, I'm thinking back at the old MLE uh, numbers. Okay, so you got $14 million there, which means someone's going to need to – someone's going to have to want THT. Right. Yeah, because he's at nine and a half, and then you've got Kendrick Nunn, like I said, at five. So that's fourteen and a half million. Then you would have to, if you, you know, or someone's in the teens that you want to trade for. Let's say like a, a Miles Turner. I think who's around seventeen, eighteen million. He's, he's at eighteen. Need, yeah. Yeah, he's at eighteen. You would still need another one or two more minimum salaries to go along with it. So. That's but why would that why would Indiana why would Indiana trade Miles? Unless they, unless they really wanted THT, is that, is yeah. that the word around the That's campfire? The That's the thing you have to say. Well, it's not the word around the campfire. To them. Okay, That's, so none. remember, right now, when it comes to trade season, my friend, with all these GMs, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and that's also, the problem. So your beauty may not be so beautiful to someone else. Right. And also, did, did the world forget? Again, when that rumor came out, I was laughing because I'm like, you guys do know that Kevin Pritchard's still president over there, right? That guy well, hates I, us. The, I know the rumors came up via the athletic last week that yeah. they're going to probably try and trade and they're going to break up the, the Sabonis Turner duo and maybe do some more trades on the side as well. But one of those two is going to, is tra- and the easier trade of the two would probably be miles Turner. But I think miles Turner with the shot blocking and three point ability, Unfortunately, the Lakers, I don't think, have enough to go ahead and get him. If the bidding war starts on Miles Turner or even Sabonis, either which one, the Lakers just don't have enough to get Simmons or Turner or anyone right now with the assets they currently have. Unless people seriously want to get the $42 million off next year's books with uh, Russell Westbrook. If you take on Russell Westbrook, the reason why you're taking him on is because you want to take his – his money and his salary off the books in the summer of 2023. That's, that's the only reason why. Okay. So there's a lot of things that factor into this. And again, I was also looking at other players on the Indiana team, Brogdon, for example, Brogdon would be, can't be be traded. Okay. So he signed an extension Well, he signed an extension before the season, which makes him not eligible to be traded at all until the summer. Okay. So that's done. Sabonis is counterproductive, in my opinion. I don't think with AD there, that's going to make sense. He's not really a center. At least I don't think he is. Turner would Miles, be a great fit on the team. What was that? Turner would be a great fit. for the Turner league. would be ideal because now you would never have to worry about AD playing the five. Miles can do his thing at the five, and 
He's young and he'd be perfect. And he sits out there at the three and you wouldn't have to worry about it. And he can shoot. So, yeah, my uh, the only way that deal works is, again, if somebody really, really wants THT and then maybe they do some form of a three way trade that Indiana can get what they want. Um, I don't know how much the Lakers don't really have any draft pick. That worth the first a darn. Round draft pick they can give based off of what New Orleans, because New Orleans still has the say on what the Lakers mm-hmm. can do for, sure. for the next few years, is a 2027 or 2028, depending on the way that New Orleans <laughs> does the trace uh, pick swaps. So you would get if the Lakers can trade a first round pick, but it wouldn't be until 2027 or 2028. <laughs> oh boy, they're not gonna have a pick for ten years. <laughs> They did something like that at some point in time. You're Again, right. regardless of whether that all would come down, I guess you you would take that shot if you can get you know another year ring or two out of out of the LeBron era. But Kevin Pritchard's still the president there. I just don't see how he would do anything with the Lakers unless you gave him somebody that gutted the team. That's yeah, that's about you, it. There, you don't, they just don't have enough assets. Tht is just yeah. not enough the way he's played. I mean, after that first, you know, when you were so high on him, you know, that's when you would like to go ahead and trade him when he was playing that well. But the problem is he his play, even if he had the six steals the other day, which was very, very good from an offensive standpoint, his play has just fallen off of a cliff. And that is disappointing. And that that doesn't help his cause at all. Yeah, I, again, I was surprised because he did come out of his injury, you know, scoring 23 points a game, and then it just died out. I'm kind of curious to know what happened, or or other than the fact that maybe teams just started adjusting to his game, and and then he was, and now he needs to adjust, and he hasn't adjusted. But I, even if he was playing like that consistently, I don't know if necessarily it'd still be enough. Uh, not for somebody like Miles Turner. The the Lakers are going to have to come to grips that unless there's a particular player that they're going to buy out that would make a difference, but that never works out. I've never seen it really work. It's got to be some kind of Morris is probably the only player on a buyout that the Lakers got who's contributed to a really winning team. And we saw what happened yesterday with Drummond. Yeah, Drummond, uh, there was some excitement in terms of him getting rebounds when he came to L.A., but the reality was this is 2021, and centers of his ilk don't work, especially now deep in the you know playoffs. Or, And again, we'll never really know what could have happened last year had AD not gotten hurt. So there's a lot, there's so much, there's so many variables on what, what causes something, right? So the Lakers lose game one against Phoenix in, in, in round one. And then, you know, everybody's on AD for being whatever, like they usually are. And then he turned into AD, you know, all-star game two and three, and Phoenix had no shot. Then game four comes, he gets injured, he's done. And then they get, I mean, they crap out. We can blame, you know, this guy, that guy, that acquisition, oh, this didn't work. Well, in the end, if your star doesn't get hurt, do we go on and win the title? It, it looked like after game three, we would. So, again, it's it's there's so many variables to this. There's so many things that have to happen for it to go well that you, in a lot of ways you can blame it on whatever you want. Right now, we're, we're, we're at that place where even the wins that we're getting are lucky because – they're not playing 
up to their potential. Their potential right now should should be they get they blow out this G League looking Mavericks team. But are they playing down to the competition? Are are, are we really going to know who they are until they start playing some real contenders? And when they do play those guys, are they going to get blown out? Because it seems like they keep getting blown out by Phoenix in every game that they play them. We're going to have to deal with this roller coaster ride until they get stabbed in the heart and are done. That's pretty much where we have where we have to be. But in the meantime, looking at it from a a non Laker lens, this was a extremely entertaining game. I enjoyed the game. I really did. It was. Lucky shot after lucky shot after lucky shot. And you kind of saw the pick and roll, the drop step, the bank shot, the three-point shots here, the three-point shots there, this miss here. You know, it, 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 was, it was fun basketball. And when I was listening to the crowd, it, it felt like I was watching a playoff game. It was really loud. When it's loud on TV in your home, I can only imagine how loud it is inside the stadium. And, of course, I've heard that sound in the stadium, you know, been to several Laker games and, you know, all over the country, uh, mainly obviously in the formerly known as the Staples Center. And, man, that place is pretty loud when when it gets crazy. I was at the game where Kobe shut down Tracy McGrady. And he had two points in the second half. It was It was the performance – um, that I have not seen live since. I've never seen someone completely dominate a dominating player in basketball the way I did that day. I'm sure it, it, it was. Yeah, and, and as far as how loud it was, I, I know I know how loud it was because I don't think I ever screamed that loud in any game ever. And I've been to a few games. <laughs> I was screaming. I was I, I was in shock at how dominant that second half was and your ears are ringing. And again, watching it from home, it was, it was loud in Dallas and it made it exciting. It made, it made it exciting. I, I can't remember getting a, a playoff feel from some rinky dink team like this in December. So we at least got that. At least we, we, we got a little bit of that and we won. So kind of roll with that as best you can. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's Joe Sorrow. He is Ox1947. You got to go and catch him today at Lakersball.com. Be part of the conversation. Any one of their number of great forums that they have there. And also, they do a great chat forum during the game that's specially made up for the game. So please go ahead and be part of the action today at LakersBall.com. Joe, it's been great having you on, but before we head on out, one last thing, and that is, again, the game is on Friday. 
with the Lakers against Minnesota at Minnesota. So I want to make sure everybody knows that. Right now, the Lakers are at 16 and 13, still in sixth place, tied and record wise with the LA Clippers in the Western Conference. Things are looking pretty good right now as the team is on a winning streak of three games as they head into Minnesota. Before we go in and out, I want to hear your final thoughts on exactly what the Lakers need to do to start going ahead and continue this march through the road trip. What do they need to do to get by Minnesota on Friday? Stop getting injured. Stop getting injured. AD needs to stop getting injured. I see the uh, effort on defense. I'm really liking yeah. what I'm seeing, but the, you got to make sure they handle the pick and roll a lot better. Yeah, there is nothing else. And again, if this, if this, I know that COVID's playing a factor in everything. You know, you got Monk, you got Howard, you got THT out. I, I, I get that part, but I'm sorry, but if your big three are there, that, that there sh- you should have some consistency there by now. And again, Russell Westbrook is playing very well. LeBron is playing very well. AD is playing well. We're just, you know, expecting him to be 30 and 15 guy. But more, more, more important than the individual efforts is, is these guys need to inspire the entire team, regardless of what happens, to play in consistent ball four quarters a freaking game and stop getting hurt. You know, if you got to change your diet, you got to do better rehab. I mean, I don't understand how in this day and age with all this medicine and all this nutritional information, like what's going on here? Why are we struggling with just knickknack things? You know, it's just, I don't know. LeBron tonight, he twisted his foot tonight when he was going ahead of the drive on Kristaps Porzingis and he tweaked his foot and he, he, he grimaced in pain. You could see the Lakers fans, you know, just have a collective breath. (gasps) They're holding their breath, but he turned out to be okay, obviously, because he finished out the game. So we'll see what happens on Friday if he needs to ice it or if there's anything serious. Didn't look that bad of a tweak, but it still hurt him momentarily. But you're right. The Lakers have to stay healthy in order to go ahead and start moving up the standings. But they need to get consistent play, I think, is what they need to do because right now they're still – you know, there even today where I think all three of the big three did not perform as well as they could have because you did have both all three individuals. They just didn't shoot 50% from the field. The only highlight of it is LeBron shooting four from nine from three, 24 points. Anthony Davis, 20 and 12, like you mentioned earlier. Russell Westbrook, even though it was 23, 10 and nine and a timely three pointer, he's got to shoot all of his three pointers from the from the sides. I'm going to tell you right now, my friend, he needs to shoot it from the baseline. He is percentage from the baseline was at one time last week, I think as high as 50% from the baseline. He needs to shoot all of his threes from there. That would be awesome. But right now he was 23, 10 and nine. But the thing is when you're getting uh, inconsistent play from everybody else, I think that's the problem that I have right now. It's just, it's so up and down. You don't know what to expect. Well, getting your point guard to the baseline is tough. You know, yeah, that, I know. I'm just, your whole I'm just offense needs. I'm just telling you the stats, my yeah, friend. Yeah, that, the whole, that's the only three-point shot he makes consistently. Absolutely. But the problem is, again, when you have an offense set up, I was thinking about this. How would the triangle offense work? It wouldn't work very well with LeBron and, and, and Russell Westbrook. But I was thinking just, you know, it, the, the triangle offense would allow Russell to get that shot at the corner on a consistent basis. That was what was great about the 
the triangle offense. The triangle offense didn't need a point guard. That's kind of what was the whole basis of a, an equal opportunity offense. Doesn't necessarily need a magician to making sure everybody gets the ball, right? Yeah. And, but then again, it's LeBron, you know, he's the guy, right? LeBron, his greatest talent, his greatest talent besides him being a physical specimen is the fact is he can integrate himself with any player, no matter if it's the same position or not, he can get into any offense and make it work. You know, that's just that, that part he's very good at. Why? Because he's very unselfish. His unselfishness is a massive gift when it comes to that, but it's also a curse. And I'll tell you why. I saw a picture. And again, I'm not trying to dog on on on, on LeBron on this. I, I get why he plays the way he does, and I, I I respect it. But you know, the greatest player of all time thing keeps coming up and never stops. So I had a discussion the other day about it, and 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 today I had posted something for the first time on on Game Time when we were watching the game, and I I, I noticed I saw a picture. It was above picture of Jordan, 1998, last shot he made uh, to beat the Utah Jazz. In the final seconds, right? So Jordan's a, you know, it's a picture of Jordan getting ready to, you know, fake out Brian Russell to shoot the shot to make it, right? Well, Scottie Pippen, when the defense was somewhat collapsing on the Jordan at that point before he stepped back and shot, Scottie Pippen was wide open on the far right. If LeBron is in that position, he would have passed it to, to, to Scottie Pippen. Right, because he always makes the right play. And you, you tell me, does that, does Scottie Pippen make that shot, or are they playing Game Seven two days later or the next day? So, what, what does that have to do with? I guess my discussion. My discussion is there's this missing thing where when I when I've watched basketball, I've watched Michael Jordan in his prime. And I've watched Kobe Bryant in their prime. And I watched those guys. It wouldn't have mattered if it was four people open. They were going to take the shot. And more often than not, they made it. And I think that sometimes makes a difference, doesn't it? You know, that mentality of I'm going to make sure this happens. Yeah. But but again, it, 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 how it kind of comes into the team. And, and again, we've watched the Lakers win a championship with LeBron. So you're back into that. What's right? What's wrong? I'm confused at this point. You, you know, I, we, we talked about this a few, few weeks ago. I've been wrong on a lot of things. And I think the reason why I'm wrong on a lot of things is maybe I'm not really, maybe I need to start getting what's going on right now in basketball, in the NBA. It's a different league. It's a different way of playing. And until we understand that 15 point leads, 10 point leads and last second shots are not what they used to be is the only time we're going to really kind of allow ourselves to understand why the results turn into what they're turning into. And that's just kind of where I'm at as of tonight. I don't, I could not figure out why Dallas was playing like a championship team. And once in a while you'll see 
a team, you know, play above their heads. That's not something new, but I feel like I, it, it's happening in almost every way. Sacramento is playing like that. New Orleans is playing like that. Dallas is playing like that. I go, this is not normal. Usually teams don't do this kind of stuff on a consistent basis and they are. So there, I think there's something changing in the NBA. I think you're going to start. I think it might've started with how Toronto won in 2019 and then how, you know, Phoenix kind of got lucky on their path, went up to the to the finals. Milwaukee came back, won, you know, and, and, and you, you weren't really um, knowing who really was the best. And 2020 is a little bit of a, you know, you know, the COVID thing kind of muttered that up a little bit. So you, I'm not really using that as a, as a normal season, even though it's a legitimate season, it just wasn't normal. It was a basically, three and a half months and then cut off another three and a half months and then back another two and a half months. But it's, it's just, I don't know. The game's changing, uh, Gerald. I, I, I don't, I think, I think we have to start accepting the fact that something else is coming. Something else is coming. It's not making sense right now, but we have to make sense of it. Three superstars winning it all and dominating every game. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe those days are gone. Well, it, for me, I think it's, again, the inconsistency of of the team as a whole. You, you, know, you have, again, the big three, but so much is riding on their performances each and every game because of the fact that everybody else can't give you consistently what you need as far as a fourth and fifth player. If the Lakers had five consistent players on any given night that could provide you with that type of output on both ends of the floor – we wouldn't be asking these questions, but the problem is we don't and we can't. And until that point we do, we're going to have these kind of ups and downs and continuous roller coaster rides and continuous wins that we escape with like tonight. So we'll have to wait and see. But it is Joe Sorrell. You got to go ahead and catch him as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Be part of the conversation today at LakersBall. But everyone out there, Minnesota, 7 p.m. Pacific time. It is going to be an ESPN game, just to give everybody a heads up. After the game, I'll be back with the Lakerholics talking about what went on during the game, see if everything went right. Can the Lakers win four in a row? Four in a row? We'll find out if they can. Got any questions for us? LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. And, of course, we're just happy to have be a part of hoopheadspod.com. All right, everyone, we'll see you on Friday against Minnesota. Here we go. Playing against the Timberwolves. How will it turn out? We'll let you know Friday night and also wherever you get your podcasts right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>